a text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our epistle reading from 1 Peter chapter 3, especially these verses. For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. During each baptism that we celebrate in our church, we pray a prayer at the beginning. It is a rather lengthy prayer, but it goes like this. Almighty and eternal God, according to your strict judgment, you condemn the unbelieving world through the flood. Yet according to your great mercy, you preserve believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. You drowned hard-hearted Pharaoh and all of his hosts in the Red Sea. Yet led your people Israel through the water on dry ground, prefiguring this washing of your holy baptism. Through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. We pray that you would behold the baptized according to your boundless mercy. Bless them with true faith by the Holy Spirit, that through this saving flood all sin in them which has been inherited from Adam, and which they themselves have committed since, would be drowned and die. Grant that they would be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, being separated from the multitude of unbelievers and serving your name at all times with a fervent spirit and a joyful hope, so that with all the believers in your promise they would be declared worthy of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Maybe even in hearing that prayer today, your mind began to wander a little bit. The truth is that for most of us modern Christians, we have rather short attention spans when it comes to prayer. When we hear about Christians of the past praying through an entire evening, we don't even hardly know if that would be possible but you know, we miss something if we cannot listen to these ancient prayers that have been passed along to us. Because many of these prayers have a way of taking scriptures and putting them all together in a neat package for us to understand. This prayer is known as the flood prayer of Martin Luther. And no doubt, as you listen to all that he talks about, it is clear that he has been looking all over the scriptures for events that connect salvation and water. And there's no doubt the words we read from Peter today ultimately inspired Luther to tie all those items together and connect them to baptism. You see, Peter brings the story of Noah right into the life of each and every one of us. He does not do this by simply trying to recast the story in more of a modern setting. 
as the modern filmmakers did just a few years ago in their movie, Noah. Instead, he makes it relevant for us, not by changing the circumstances of the original story, but instead by showing us how that original event relates to us. Yes, he shows us how it relates to every person that has been baptized into Christ Jesus. You see, when Noah and his family boarded that ark and the waters began to rise, they watched as two things happened. First, all sin and evil was destroyed. The waters drowned out all of that. But secondly, Noah and his family were delivered through that water on that ark unto new life on dry land that once reappeared. Yes, the story of Noah and his ark is a story of life and death, or perhaps death and life. And so is the story of baptism. Oh yes, only eight people had the mind-blowing experience of being there on that ark during the flood of being surrounded by all of the different animals, of watching the waters rise and rise. But Peter would have us know that those of us who were not there have still experienced what they experienced. We have experienced it when we came to the baptismal font. For you see, in baptism, there in the midst of the water, the same two things happened that happened When the flood came, first, our sins were destroyed in that water. As our right puts it, all sin in us which has been inherited from Adam and which we ourselves have committed since was drowned and died. Yes, you came to baptism with baggage. Filthy, sinful baggage. You were born sinful, and as soon as you could, you let that sinful nature do its thing in your words and thoughts and deed. And that meant that ultimately your conscience was not clean before God. If you thought about it honestly, you would have to admit that your and God's relationship was not well. There was something between you and him. And yes, that's true, whether you were baptized when you were two weeks old or whether you were much older than that. But God, in his great mercy, on that day, allowed the baptismal waters to rush through your conscience, drowning all of that sin that wanted to dwell there forever with all of its guilt and shame. Those waters left you with a clean conscience before gone. Since you were now connected to Jesus and his forgiving death, there would be nothing that would stand between you and God living together forever. In heaven. But blessedly, that's only half of the good news. Not only was the old taken away, that old sinful self, but we must not forget that also the new came to us on baptism day. Peter says that we are saved through baptism on account of Jesus' resurrection. In other words, baptism would have no power to give us new life had not Jesus left the tomb on Easter morning. 
But since he has, well, now we do receive new life. We receive a new life as we are placed, as Luther's prayer says, into the ark of the holy Christian church. We receive that new life as it is given to us in baptism and as it is nurtured for us through God's word and through his sacrament. Yes, we receive that new life because there we receive the Holy Spirit, that great comforter of God. It was given to us there and is sustained in us here and here. Yes, indeed, God has given us so much good news with just one act that we were, be, we were blessed to have done to us. Noah and his family watched as that great flood destroyed all evil. But then they were blessed to rejoice in the new life they had been given by God when they saw the waters recede. You and I should also understand that that is what we see happen every time we get to see a baptism. And it's what happened to us on the day when we were baptized. That's why we can sing that song we just sang and say, God's own child, I gladly say it, I am baptized into Christ. That is our boast before the entire world. Not that we have done something, but that God has chosen us to be a part of his family in baptism. Yes, we celebrate what he has done for us in sending Jesus what he has done for us in the waters of baptism, what he continues to do for us week after week in this place. We rejoice that God has done everything needful for us. He has destroyed evil, and he has given us new life in its place. I suppose for most of us gathered here, we don't really remember our baptisms. We don't have a memory of that day, since perhaps for most of us, it occurred so early in life. Some of you may remember the day of your baptisms, and you are blessed to do so. But truthfully, whether we have a memory in our head or not about that day, we do well this day to stop and remember that our baptisms did happen to us. We are do well to remember that on that day, something magnificent happened in our life through the word and the water that sin was drowned and that new life was raised up through the power of Jesus' death and resurrection. For if we forget how our sinful self was taken care of there, or we forget that new life was given to us in baptism, Satan can easily lead us away from Christ. He will try to convince us our whole life, either that nothing life-changing happened at that font, or that our true salvation depends not upon that moment, but upon all the things we have done since. Yes, he wishes for us to never understand what Peter teaches, that baptism, which corresponds to what happened to Noah in the flood, saves us. It is God's work to save us. Here we sit today on the sixth Sunday of Easter, set apart to continue to celebrate Easter. And how is it that we will celebrate today? Well, by remembering how Noah was brought to new life through the deadly waters of the flood, he and his family. 
And then by remembering how each one of us here were given new life in the midst of the deadly waters of baptism. For in both cases, waters were deadly to sin and at the same time, the very source of new life. Eight people in Noah's case, untold millions in the case of the Holy Christian Church. Yes, Jesus' Good Friday death and his Easter life shown on Sunday comes to us in the waters of baptism. We hear in our first reading how Paul spoke to the people in Athens. And he told them that they worshipped a God which they did not know. After all, they had an inscription on one of their idols that said that. Thanks be to God that we are not left in that miserable state. We don't have to worship a God we don't know. We worship a God that we do know. For we know the one who has claimed us. We know that he is the one who has sent his son to the cross for us. We know that he is the one who sends his spirit to claim us in baptism. And because we know him and love him, we follow his commandments. Listen again to the prayer. Almighty and eternal God, according to your strict judgment, you condemned the unbelieving world through the flood. Yet according to your great mercy, you preserved believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. We pray that you would behold the baptized according to your boundless mercy and bless them with true faith by the Holy Spirit and that through this saving flood all sin in them which has been inherited from Adam and which they themselves have committed sins would be drowned and died. Grant that they would be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church being separated from the multitude of unbelievers and serving your name at all times with a fervent spirit and a joyful hope, so that with all believers in your promise, they would be declared worthy of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>